0: Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist and a nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Rob
1: Fortress-Fortney. I'm a former editor at MuscleMega International, former competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter.
2: And this is Phil Stevens. I run Strength Guild and uh, USSF. I'm a powerlifter and
0: Highland Games athlete. Sweet. Hey, we've got some news as usual, and we have a cool topic. We're going to change gears on the topic a little bit, everybody. Um, and we're going to talk about sources of inspiration after we get s- through some of the news. Um, but let me share some of this. One is, I don't know, have you guys heard about the buzz around omega-7 fats? It's getting some attention. So people mm-hmm. people are familiar with omega-3s. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Um, I'm going to share two bits of news through uh, Life Extension. Uh, Phil, you know, they... They sent some pretty cool tweets, actually, yeah. uh, out. I, I'm impressed. Um, but anyway, um, here's a report that says, this is April 2014, it says, Omega-7 Fats uh, Protect Against Metabolic Syndrome by Carol Stockton. Um, palmitoleic acid is the particular fat. And when I first read this, I thought, well, maybe they're going to exaggerate this. It's going to get a little bit of a buzz. But I was at a conference, all the whole conference was about C.L.A., conjugated linoleic acid and it was years ago and i left there thinking all fats are nutraceuticals you know almost regardless of the kind of fat in fact it's very hard to do research with fats because what do you use for a placebo you know you might like you might say oh well i'll use olive oil that's a fairly neutral mono and saturate. but you know oh, well oops that can lower your blood pressure help with blood sugar control you know there's so many things Uh, They all seem to do something. But anyway, omega-7s, there's a couple of points that could be interesting to our listeners here. One says omega-7's ability to raise HDL and lower LDL, or bad cholesterol, right, makes it extremely beneficial for cardiovascular health. There was a study done at the Cleveland Clinic, and omega-7 supplements increased uh, beneficial HDL after just 8 to 12 weeks, something that statin drugs apparently are not very good at doing. Uh, It says in the same study, the reduction in the size of the uh, atherosclerotic plaque in the aorta was 47% lower in the group that got the omega-7 supplementation. And apparently it's got an anti-inflammatory mechanism, at least in part, like other fats. Um, Macadamia nuts seem to be a big source of this palmitoleic acid. Um, now, there's some discussion here that you might want a refined supplement because there are some other fats in the macadamia nuts that might interfere. But uh, just going with the, some of the research, even just looking at a couple ounces of macadamia nuts, it says uh, studies show that after just three weeks of eating macadamia nuts every day, healthy young women had reductions in total and LDL cholesterol. Uh, also, body weight and body mass index. It says, in men, one to three ounces per day of these fat-containing nuts, um, reduced markers of inflammation and oxidative stress. So to somebody who trains and puts himself under oxidative stress, that sounds like a good idea. Um, Is there
1: not um, omega-7 supplements yet lining
0: the store shelves? I don't know if there are or not. I just... Well, there are supplements already. Uh, I'm not aware of how much they're lining those store shells but they definitely have the refined kind of supplements. Of the Uh, the specific seven that you're talking about? Yeah, like here it says in a study of patients with stubbornly high uh, lipid levels a purified omega 7 supplement at 840 milligrams per day produced modest uh, lipid reductions, the bad cholesterol LDL fell by 7.6% and the non-HDL cholesterol, which is sort of a, a collection of other lipids, fell by 8.2%. It said, now this is what interests me. Uh, It says patients with the highest level of baseline triglycerides saw their total cholesterol and their triglyceride levels drop by as much as 30%. And I find that one more interesting because high blood fats, first of all, men get a higher blood triglyceride surge than women do after they eat a fatty meal. And if your blood fats are too high, now not cholesterol just, but triglycerides, that can interfere with like carbohydrate tolerance and and all that kind of thing. So, you know, nobody wants to be um, sort of a high blood fat pre-diabetic kind of mess. Um, It says what makes some of this remarkable is that in most participants, they were already taking statin drugs and some of the stuff was even added on top of statin drugs. So omega-7 fats and um, macadamia nuts are really in the news. It even says uh, managing body weight they talk about that apple body shape, you know, with the central body fat. And it says they may actually signal your body to either r- reduce fat storage. Uh, and it says animal fat, uh, animals fed diets rich in omega-7 show significant increases in stomach and intestinal hormones that produce feelings of fullness and satiety. So maybe not all year round would, would lifters want this, but there's probably a time of year where if you are trying to cut your calories and lean down you know a couple handfuls of macadamia nuts throughout the day because that omega-7 fat could be of interest so anyway i thought that was neat and then here's another one from life extension it says can coffee extend your life uh michael smith an md there this is from a recent uh, journal the journal of nutrition uh from august 2013 actually but he's doing a little write-up on it and it says uh lower risk of all-cause mortality i think Uh, for coffee and tea drinkers over an 11-year follow-up. So when you hear 11-year follow-up and reduced risk, this usually isn't cause and effect, but uh, there are some strong tendencies. Basically they had these people, they filled out food questionnaires and then uh, they did an 11-year follow-up and there was a 7% reduction in mortality uh, for each additional cup of coffee that was ingested per day. Strong hmm. protection was seen in those who drank four or more cups of regular caffeinated coffee. It says additionally a 9% decrease in risk uh, of death was seen for each increased cup of tea every day. And the proposed mechanism, as you might guess, is that the high antioxidant content in the beverages there. You know, but yes, yeah, 7 to 9% per cup? Wow. So, good stuff. I think a lot of listeners might have heard me say in the past, but coffee is our number one source of antioxidants in the states not fruits and vegetables uh, and it's hmm. it's sort of a sad commentary you know because we're not drinking the coffee to be good boys and girls we're drinking it to get off our asses and go to work you know and mm-hmm. and go lift or whatever it might be for those of us who do that mm-hmm. uh, but it, it's it, it's one of those things we just kind of lucked out you know it <laughs> happens to actually be good for you yeah. <laughs> so. yeah,
1: yeah of course you know there's people there who are going to interpret that as meaning that their double-doubles are perfectly acceptable.
0: Well, right. I mean, I don't think I'd be chugging the, you know, some coffees these days are practically syrup, and that's not the way
1: to go. Oh, no, it's al- it's alarming, actually. Like, up here um, in Canada, for our Canadian listeners, Tim Hortons is the big coffee place up here, and people get these double-doubles, and, I mean, the the amount of sugar is, is staggering.
0: It's sickening. You know, Rob, I went into a Tim Hortons once uh, when I was up there to visit you, and on the way back, and I think it was a a cappuccino I got or something. And mm-hmm. I didn't anticipate what it was. It was like a cappuccino beverage, you know, or a latte yeah. or whatever I got. I just wanted the coffee. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll sweeten it myself. No. <laughs> it was like, I don't know. Yeah. It was almost thick with sugar. It was it was yeah. disgusting. And usually Tim Hortons, I like their coffee, but I just go get black oh, coffee. Oh, so do
1: I. Yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, no, it's good coffee. It's just, yeah. I got a letter here from Al, and I actually, because he included his um, website's address in the email, I'm going to give it um, to people if they want to check it out, just because, hey, it's terminalcitytraining.com, if people want to check it out. I like their tagline, too, get strong, then get stronger. I like that. Anyway, Al um, has a couple questions he wanted to ask me, and I actually responded via the email, but I'll read them on air anyway because it might be uh, um, helpful to other people, maybe. He's asking me about um, how I integrate running into my training. Um, saying for a long time he avoided distance running uh, because of injuries and his fear of losing muscle mass. Um, anybody wants to explore it again? Uh, he, he asks, how have, you, how have you gone about using aerobic running in your training and how has it worked for you? Well... Um, I think it was a few years ago that I even talked about this a little bit, but um, not to go too much into this because of, of course I'm, I'm far from an expert on any sort of running training, but um, Al, basically um, what I did and do if, I, if I'm if i incorporating the running into it is um, and Lonnie has made mention of the fact that when you get to a certain body weight, you become your own training implement. I'll never forget that because I think that was <laughs> pretty interesting how you said that, Lonnie, but uh, because I am so heavy, I don't, and because I my my goal is always strength, and it always will be. So, um, if I do run, and when I have run, it was always very infrequently, like maybe two, three times a week max, and maybe 10, 15 minutes each time. And because of the fact that I'm a strength athlete, and I'm heavy, I found dramatic improvements. So much so that in a, in a routine like that. I, I <clears throat> developed myself to a point where I could uh, jog for several kilometers um, reasonably easily. So, um, But again, everybody's response to that will be different. And Of course, you, it, the big thing is also as well, it's like that conundrum of where do you place deadlifts and squats in the routine because one, one always affects the other. Um, it's the same kind of thing with running. You have to kind of be smart with where you put it. Uh, so it doesn't negatively impact your weight training too, too much. And that's just basically trial and error and what what tolerance you can develop uh, with one for the other. Um, it's certainly, it's a lot easier to run with sore legs than just a squat after running five kilometers. <laughs> that's, that's just my belief, because um, I very many times would run very sore, but if I ran very intensely and then very soon after tried to squat heavy or deadlift heavy, then it was not that beneficial. So that's basically all I have to say. And like I say, I'm, I'm not an expert on these types of things. So I can only really relate what I did and how it helped me, and um, that's what I have to say about that. So, And it, surprisingly enough, no, I didn't, on that type of schedule, I didn't really lose a lot of size really at all, and my strength was... Basically, non affected. Um, so, but again, that's just my experience. So, so Al, I hope you uh, take from that something worthwhile for you.
0: So, it's you worth reporting on, though, Rob, isn't it? That there's so little research on big men who are active. You know, I mean, there's just really little uh, stuff on that. Like, what you were just saying reminds me of what Phil would say about like high frequency training. You know, like, you've got to cut the volume because it's fairly intense. I mean, there's no way to do super light ultra low intensity jogging if you weigh 280 pounds mm-hmm. there's just no way it, you no, know so you can't no. do that too frequently because it's it beats you up i mean the little 130 pound cross country girl she she can do that every day and i don't think a big man should do that every day not if you're jogging or running mm-hmm. you know yeah
1: um, and you know the thing was also it's just a, a this the structural beating that it takes when you're a heavy person you know um and that's what you also have to remember so Um, so I was always careful to, again, be very infrequent relatively with my, you know, time that I would spend. So, and it would, like I said, I I honestly can say it it usually amounted to about two times a week for (laughs) again, 10, 12, 15 minutes at a time. Um, and because like what you're saying, Lonnie, there was no such thing as, you know, that, that was a fairly high intensity and I'd pushed myself, um, yeah, you know, because one, even though I'm not a running expert or an excellent runner, I am a master at being able to push myself as most athletes are. Mm-hmm. People who are not athletes would stop. I would really push hard. So mm-hmm. um, that probably also benefited me a lot because I kind of pushed past the point where most people would. but so I got so basically what I'm trying to say is I got a lot out of a little. Um, if that makes sense. So, but again, everybody has to kind of find their own way with that. And, um, beyond, again, beyond anything that I can relay as my own experience and results, I don't want to really touch upon too much because it's not, it's kind of leaving my domain of expertise. So,
0: I think other people will fall in with that though. I remember a hundred years ago, actually, uh, Charles Staley said something about how brutal sprinting was, especially Mm -hmm. once you get older. And it's true. I mean, I hate to admit this, but I think if I went outside and I did full bore wind sprints, I would really be hurting the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's partly body weight. Now, I only weigh about 210. I know you guys are much heavier. But it's also the amount of force. You know, when you're explosive and you've got fairly big muscles tugging on those little tendons. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that kind yeah, of really ballistic, impactful uh, shit <laughs> Wow Yeah You oh, know yeah. I don't know Phil do you do sprint type stuff Or do you do all your stuff Against like uh, a sled Or something I used to... to do
2: sprints I used to do hill sprints And stuff like that I've been You know Kind of like When when we had Ed Cone on I, My doctors told me That I can no longer run Or jump Because of my hip mm. So I don't do any Running or jumping now mm-hmm. um, So I like Yesterday No Tuesday I dragged a sled For a mile There you go So yep. I just You know Dragged a sled for a mile you can still do your breakdancing, dancing though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, okay.
0: yeah. That's good. Parachute pants, the whole deal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Can't touch this. I put on the old <laughs> yeah. break into electric boogaloo, and I get it on. There it is.
0: <laughs> Pull out the mat, like all your all your lifters. Like, what's this mat? This breakdancing dancing mat? What exactly. are you talking about? Standard equipment. Yeah. That's what the chalks for, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. uh, all right. Yep. Well. Let's go to break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about sources of inspiration. It'll be fun. It will. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, If you simply Google CRC Press in protein there's a new development on the right side of the page. You can see ebook and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with vital book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for 69 us dollars. So that's 31% off the ninety-nine ninety-five uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69. I think that's going to Drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people, and you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals, so you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So, thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, i just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, We'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, You can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, It's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook – Uh, That would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks.
1: Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio, in addition to being a popular institute on iTunes – Sources of inspiration, things that kind of ramp you up, get you ready to rock and ready to roll, doing that which you love. <laughs> so, Right on. Um, so let's start with one of you guys.
0: Let's start with uh, music. Uh, I know we've dropped a few music things before, but we're going to do, let's see, music. We could talk about favorite quotes. We've had contests like that before. Uh, environments, mm-hmm. you know, like what what gets you jazzed, just a gym or a place and then films or photos so we'll kind of do our rounds but uh, Phil last time you talked about I think Pantera is one of your staples yeah. uh, what else what are some music things Jeez, I'll do the, my problem with music is I'll bore the hell out of
2: people because it's always going to be the same things for me yeah. um, I'm just I'm, I'm stuck in a groove and that's where I go the only thing I can say new lately has been I've listened to some of my, my brother's band which is they do the opener for the show So um, they're more of a hardcore punk band, Iron Guts Kelly. So I've, I've listened to a little bit, a little bit of that. Other than that, it's been the usual. notes from Pantera to Slayer to Motorhead, and you know, on down the on down the road. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm old and stuck in my ways, and I know what works and I know what I enjoy. So when it comes to lifting, that's what I go to, and then I'll listen to other things out outside of the lifting. But I mean, that varies everything from freaking. You know, just, just classic just... rock to oldies. to Oh, yeah, me and Beebs go way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, stuff like that, you
0: know. Rocking. So, Rocking with the Beebs.
2: Well, you know, the truth is, and I've said this before, and I don't
1: think this is a surprise to anybody who listens to this show, I'm a music fanatic. Um, music's the only thing in my life that can compete with weight training for me. And music is everything to me, and it, and it bleeds right over to what it does as far as inspiring me to train. So, um, you know, yeah, like... Heavy, fast, technical, precise. Um, but in an extension to that, you know, um, to my musical taste, anything that's powerful um, and precise and properly engineered mm-hmm. is very inspiring to me. So what's um, in your
0: rotation lately?
1: Oh, music-wise, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, you know, Lonnie, I get like two to four new albums a week. Yeah. So, I mean... It just endless stuff, but you know what? Pre, pre, like heavy training. Um, I, I would say probably the most most listened to bands for me pre training uh, would be my favorite band of all time, Annihilator, mm-hmm. which is like a technical Canadian thrash band. Um, and Meshuga, which mm-hmm. is a kind of like a strange, strangely progressive avant-garde kind of, uh, Swedish thrash band, <laughs> you want to say it like that, but, um, okay. but it's everything, you know what I mean? And, um, but you know, what I was saying before is something like I, I draw inspiration from s- seemingly ridiculous things. Um, I guess it's <laughs> well, ridiculous to most people, um, for instance, I will sit on a plane when I do take a plane, and when it when it, you know when it sit on the tarmac and it like ramps up, all of a sudden, I, obviously they get the clear sign and they jam the jam the accelerator. Um, that feeling when you're pushed against your seat, mm-hmm. you can feel the thrust mm-hmm. of the jet engines. I will seriously sit there and get goosebumps like you wouldn't believe, mm-hmm. um, and I will consciously try to tell myself to remember that feeling. So I can actually replicate that feeling when I have a weight on my back or a weight a barbell above me or something like that. Huh. Um, or if I hear a particularly powerful motorcycle go by me, um, I'm inspired by that. <laughs> anything that anything of great mass and power um, is extraordinarily inspiring to me. That's so, a cool I point, mean, actually. Yeah. And when I say that, I mean that it, it's always a very natural extension then to see why I listen to the type of music I do. Um, that's not to suggest that you know the type of music I listen to is the only thing lifters can get inspired from, um, but it is interesting to point out that whenever you see a video or you usually um, go to a powerlifting meet or something like that, if they are playing music, it's usually some sort of heavy music. So, mm-hmm. yeah, which, which stands to reason, right? You're not going to have be sure. watching Eric Spoto, you know, bench 600 pounds with uh, you know, <laughs> with some, uh, you know, Taylor Swift remix going. It just doesn't doesn't quite fit the mood. Yeah. Um, although, if it does so for somebody out there, hey, you know, go for it.
0: But, Actually, Rob, yeah, I never so, thought, but okay. can you imagine? What if, like, for example, you guys ever watch, like, either you're at a drag race track, or if you, you ever hear a dragster like going, Voom! oh my god, yeah, I never yeah. thought, but you could, you could probably. Record some of that, or look at some videos of that before you went into the gym, and really get or listen to yeah, yeah like a really a fast bike or like a big Harley sound. That's power. Mm-hmm. That's just power. Yeah. I never yeah. thought about yeah. doing that on purpose, so you could go into the gym and just then become that machine. You
1: know. You know, I've actually watched before I've gone to the train. I've actually gone on YouTube and watched like you know ten minute videos on old like Panzer Division tank battles and stuff. Mm-hmm. and just watch things or, you know, type in, like, you know, modern tank warfare or something and mm. things like that, you know, things that are, and again, that's why a lot of the music I listened to before has a lot of that feeling to it because for people who know a lot of more extreme metal, it's, well, metal in general, but certainly the more extreme forms of metal, it's very much about um, the drums almost act like artillery. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of double kick, double bass, and mm. uh, or blast beats even, so everything's very, Linear and forward and harsh, um, Mm -hmm. but it's very precise. And see, this is what I'm saying. I don't like, I don't like a lot of music that's um, kind of like more punkish, only because it's a little to me it's sloppy and sloppy. I don't like sloppy. I like everything in my training style is very precise as well. You're an engineer. Yeah, so that's why I use the word engineer before. I like things that are very precise, very technical, but very aggressive and powerful. So um, when I see something like that, the power that's under control. You know what I mean? Like yeah, focused. You know, yeah, that, that's to me that's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? So that's an
0: interesting point. Uh, you know what? I, my little music uh, tidbit. If I didn't bring this up before, um, this might almost sound silly to some people, but I still listen to some classical stuff, like Carmina Burana. <laughs> Because I think about the old, it brings visions of Dorian Yates to me, like when he used to um, pose to that stuff, you know. And even yeah. even regardless of that association, it's just incredibly uh, p- powerful stuff. And A Flight of the Valkyries, you know, Wagner. Um, and recently I went and bought something. Uh, in fact, when the Iron Radio website first started, I put a little Easter egg in the corner of it. I don't know if anybody is still around that remembers that or if they ever noticed it, but... It was Basil Polidoris who did the, um, orchestration for the, the original Conan soundtrack. And I have watched that movie so many times, um that just the soundtrack, I absolutely love it. Now, some soundtracks that are a classical or a symphonic in some way, I associate them too strongly with the movie. Like, if you listen to Star Wars music, that's just Star Wars music, you know, even though it's inspirational. But the old Conan stuff, oh, yeah, Battle of the Mounds, Anvil of Chrom. I mean, <laughs> I love that Well, you stuff. know,
1: a lot of metal guys will say that the original heavy metal music was that old, orchestrate, like, you know, classical music, and certainly a lot of those stuff like Wagner and all that kind of stuff is essentially you know it's it's the old joke right like where people say like you know if if Paganini were alive today he would be a heavy metal guitar
0: player yeah kind of a thing so I've heard you say that before people misunderstand they think that metal is is chaotic it's you know loud and random and brutish and it yeah of all the different musical genres it may have the most similarities with uh symphonic music is that not right
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The, uh, the, the arrangements and the um, um, the push and pride of, of the technical mastery of the instruments is huge. So, yeah, but it, it, again, be going just beyond the whole music or metal thing, I mean, the inspiration can, can happen from anywhere, and that's why I always tell people don't look for it because it's all around you, and it might be things completely different from for me or for you, Phil, or for Lonnie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your inspiration for... Taking inspiration from one thing and applying it to something else in your life is all, all around us. Um, you know, let me let me switch gears. You know, uh,
0: let's talk about the visual stuff for a minute then because obviously okay, yeah. the auditory stuff is huge. And Rob, I actually agree with you very much. I don't ramble on about music too much because I'm not as learned in that area as you are. But uh, that's a huge driver. And I know it, it is with Phil, too. I mean, music huh. is an art medium, and Phil's the one with a master's degree in art, but... It's a medium that I think in many ways is unparalleled. It can it can stir you like nothing else. Uh, and that's yeah. even true with me. But visual media, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. You said inspiration's all around you, but I will purposely look at red things in the gym. I know this sounds ridiculous, but purposely looking at red because of that association with heat and anger and you know rage and that kind of stuff not in a wild rolling eyes kind of stupid way you know what i mean but i'll purposely yeah. look at red stuff and try to just soak in some of the power from that as, as silly well you know as that it's
1: sounds. a lot of people don't realize like tom platts used to always wear um red sweatpants or a red t-shirt when he squatted, mm-hmm. and he and he told me he told me to like to my face that he would do that for exactly what you're speaking of, Lonnie, because when you looked in the mirror, you
0: wanted to see red. Yeah, you don't want to see light blue. You don't want to, you know what I mean? Um, something calming. I don't know.
1: You know, sometimes, if possible, and at my current gym, it is possible, I try, when I bench press, I try and position, I find either the bench that does or position a bench under the brightest light I can. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and at my current gym, I do that quite a bit because there's one specific bench that I always like to use, and it's not because of the bench. It's not because it's because when I lie on it, they have this huge, screaming pot light that's right above it, and I like that because you know it's 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 uh, that's less inspiring, more just stimulating. But yeah, you know, what I mean? it's, um, it's the yeah. same kind of thing. You got to look for those types of things, you know, and where the inspiration or the stimulation comes for something. And like you're saying, Lonnie, you have to. In, go the opposite way, which sometimes when you're coming back off a hard or intense training session where you got to try and calm down, but certainly the ramping up to it or, um, you know, when you're in the throes of it, you know, this stuff is all around you. And I used to even say things like, and, and this might come across as hugely cheesy to everybody. And quite honestly, it is kind of cheesy, but, and I think I've probably even said this to you, Lonnie, when we were training together, when I train, I try and think, imagine a line, a, a circle around me. And I think of that circle as like almost like a vortex, and everything is—it's like a black hole, and every and all the energy that's the, in the immediate surrounding area, I'm sucking into that hole and coming up through me.
0: Rob, that is so weird that you say that because there are times that I sort of do that, like an energy magnet. I, I vision myself like drawing in, you know, because obviously I go to Peps Gym, and he's got the metal cranking. You know, there's a, <clears throat> yeah, a there's yeah. an atmosphere, and I soak it in. almost. Well,
1: I've even day. said, stu- um, you know, I've I've made myself and others laugh sometimes because I've walked in, in gyms and I've you know stopped in the doors and I've looked around and I've said all of these poor bastards and you know not some you'll say what do you mean and I'll say I'm just I'm you know in a few minutes I'm gonna steal all their energy you know
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, funny.
1: and again it's, it's kind of dumb and stupid and, but you know what I mean it's not harmful to anybody to kind of think that way when you're training because it's like it's like that whole old saying you know um, if you think you're king strongly enough then you are king. Mm-hmm. And as long as you don't carry that out to be, you know, damaging to other people or inflicting on other people or a conceit that is turns people away, as long as that's something that you can manifest it within yourself for the purpose of, you know, a better performance or something, and you can keep it in check, you know what I mean, as far as um, how much of that you bring out to, you know, your, your interactions and, you know, quote-unquote normal life outside mm-hmm. of the gym or whatever you're doing, um, then, you know, I say use it, yeah. you know, and if you're in the gym for an hour – and it helps you to believe that you are you know Thor <laughs> or, oh, or yeah. whatever oh yeah you know that then believe it you know and like I say as long as you're not carrying it to the point where you know you're starting to have schizophrenic problems with it but mm-hmm. you know um that type of thing so no, again inspiration you know I actually
0: remember uh reading a sports psychology book and they were talking about a case study and the guy watching Rocky Balboa you know and and that this and that and it, it really pumped him up and he went out into the ring after purposely immersing himself in this and feeling like he was rocky you know and he became even better you know in the ring because of it because of that it meant like you said he believed he was king you know and yeah yeah
1: this is i don't know if this is unique to me or to a lot of different type of people i'm an extremely visual person which i know generally speaking most men are um but I can actually, like, I, I kind of hack around with guitar. I think my friends know that, you know. Um, there's no question that if I watch an hour-long instructional video DVD on it with a guitar player, um, which I have tons of them because I just enjoy watching instructional guitar v- DVDs, even though I'm not a professional guitar player, there's absolutely no question that in the acute immediate, you know, immediacy afterwards, my guitar playing is 25% better. Um, that's interesting. And in much the same way, that's why I'm always saying that, you know, if... If you watch the best of the best, do what you're about to go do. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, it's almost impossible to imagine, to varying degrees, of course, that a person's performance at that will not be, at least in the short term, improved. It it, maybe not just strength-wise, but from execution, technique, whatever you want to say, right? Um, So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do a hard squat workout, you go online and watch some amazing squatters, um, you know, in the style that you're pursuing, you know, then uh, I can't help but think that
2: that really, because it, it benefits me all the time. So. Well, yeah, and even, even as much as, you know, not even, but visualizing things yourself, self-visualization. Right. Visual, right. Uh, visualization. Um, you know, if it's a meet or if it's a hard training session coming up, you know, hours, days before, just just thinking about that, and knowing what you're going to do and very positive thoughts, but, you know, I'm going to go in there and kill this stuff. And, yeah, you know, yeah. so So, yeah it's it's finding your own your own figures of inspiration i mean that's the thing i mean it's it's knowing what gets you fired up and and finding that vocabulary with yourself you know what what brings that allegorical figure to you what gets you ramped up it could be totally different from what rob does it could be music it could be different visual simulation simulation and and whatnot so what is it for
0: you phil what do you? What vi- is it for me? Yeah, what do you picture? Even if it's like hyper hyperbole, know. you know, like uh, is it visions of Thor or, you know, because you have that art background. Do you think yeah. of certain, I don't know, what do you think of or what, what visuals do it for you? I don't know.
2: To me, I mean, one of the things that can get me the most jacked up is just looking at a loaded bar hmm. and just thinking mm-hmm. about what's on there. You know, there's 750 pounds sitting on the bar and I'm going to kill you. you know and just talking to it in your own head you know I'm about you know yeah that just looking at a heavily loaded bar um in a squat rack or sitting on the floor you know if you're looking at a a bar on a squat rack with 700 pounds and it's bent it's like oh yeah this is you know that'll get you fired up if you know you're gonna walk over there and put it on your back you know so that that helps me and I get real quiet I get fairly quiet before heavy lifts that's when my my people around here know that I'm getting serious because you know I just get in the zone and I get really quiet and I'm in my own head talking to myself so, um, yeah.
1: But, you know, it's 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 also maybe it's just because I'm getting older, which I'm sure has a big part of it. But And I think this goes for kind of everything in life as you kind of, you know, you're getting a little older. But you start appreciating things more and you start realizing that you shouldn't take things for granted. And I've actually really come to this from the last couple of years. Um, very often times I actually find myself sitting out in my vehicle in the parking lot and I actually it's just kind of an acknowledgement of your good fortune that you're able to be there and to do these things um, mm. because not only one day might might we not be able to do it but there's lots of people anyway who can't do it yeah, uh, for various reasons, people who aren't as fortunate as us so, you know, to, to apply yourself physically so intensely towards something, you know because mm. life is not just the mind, it's also the body, it's the vessel that we travel through our life with, so You know, you you stop. I pause sometimes and think to myself: Don't just go in here and do another workout. It's almost kind of a. It's almost kind of like a a greater version of how we're always talking about. You know, trying to avoid junk reps, kind Mm. of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, In a greater kind of plane of thinking, the whole idea of don't waste this session. Don't go in there and just think this is another chest workout. This is another squat workout. This is, you know what I mean. It's not. Yeah. You know, you'll never be able to do that session ever again. <laughs> you know, it, like you can you can pack your bags and say, OK, well, I'll make this right next session. That's fine. But that session is now gone, mm. you know, and that hour or two is now in the history books, you know, and you can never come back to that. So that's why I always say when you go into the gym, make sure you're there to, to do what you want to do. You know, don't go in the gym when you're sick. Don't, you know, and, I, and everybody knows I'm a big proponent of that. Um, you know, if you're sick, ill, stay out of the gym. When you go to the gym, make sure you're there to do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And if you can't bring a semblance of your best game, then don't be there. You know, you'll be better served to go for a walk, have a good dinner, and go to bed. You know, so that really pushes the whole mandate of if you want to be good in the gym, or whatever it is that you're doing. You have to live your life a certain way to facilitate, you know, you know, the other ninety five percent of your hours have got to facilitate the best performance for that, you know, two or three, four percent of your time. Yeah. So um, so, you know, if you have a big training session tomorrow or something, what you eat today matters tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have that's the way you gotta think about it, right? And and in a way, the mechanics of doing that also feeds the the inspirational side of it, you know what I mean, because well, like, yeah. as, as you were saying earlier, um, you know, it's like Platts used to also say to me, right, when he used to go to college and used to have a big or whatever, and he used to have a huge squat workout coming up. He would he would be thinking about it for days, and you know, and he would mm-hmm. be every everywhere he would be walking on the campus would be thinking about, you know, here it comes, here it yeah. comes, here it comes, and so when you're doing the mechanics of those things, it's not it's impo- next to impossible then to
2: forget about what's coming.
0: You it's know, r- it's the and ritual. You ac- it's a ritual, and if you, you know, and
1: you, yeah. yes, and if you that's, actually that's love, you love get
2: it, very ritualistic, then
1: yes, and if you actually love what you do, and I'm assuming that most people who listen to the show love it, because if you don't love it, you just do it for some, you know, because you just want to look better. Then you know, stop listening because this show is not for you. If you love what you do, the mechanics of going through that to achieve the best for those one or two or three hours. Um again yeah it's inspiring it makes you it makes it makes like if you have two days you have this you know deadlift workout you're totally looking forward to, then it doesn't almost matter what normal life is throwing at you for those two or three days beforehand because the mechanics, whether it be the eating or the resting or the whatever you're doing it actually makes the rest of your life more enjoyable, anticipating the joy that you're going to be there, yeah. And like, everything like that it takes to—it's
0: like the business. Exa- exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. And but the better thing about Christmas, Christmas comes only once a year. But if you you know train two, three, four, five times a week, you know as soon as you're done, you know you have that you know wristbite where you got to you know you can just kind of you know rest on 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 a, a job well done that you know and we all know that satisfactory feeling. It's a it's a it's an almost orgasmic feeling when you think yeah you know. But as you soon as like you kind of come off that then you have another one coming up, whether it be the next day or two days from then or three days from then you have something else now to refocus on you know and all the mechanics that go towards now making sure that session now is successful
2: I compare this to uh, John, Jonathan Livingston Siegel. this Segal uh, wanted to, to do something different than the normal everyday thing which he was supposed to do and they urged him to do he wanted to expand and to wonder and to, to do something unique and artistic and not only, not only in the sense for expanding uh, his artistic ability, but for this in the sense of his expanding, his expanding his awareness. To me, it's the same type of thing I associate with my bodybuilding. So naturally, the dedication I have for the sport is very intense.
1: So it's a never-ending thing. And it's it's like, yeah, and it is. It really is being acknowledging your good fortune that you're able to do it, you know? And I think sometimes when you feel very fortunate doing something that you love so much that will also aid in inspiring you to be that much better.
0: Well, there's a lot of enjoyment to be had. I mean, even from the visual side of things, I I mentioned this before, and you know for fun, I might put some of this on our Facebook page. Uh, Once we get stuff moved over to the Libsyn server, uh, we'll be able to add more, like, visual stuff that people, you know, they can just click on an app and go look at some of this stuff, but I really like uh, and maybe it's because of the childhood with comic books or, you know, dabbling with Dungeons and Dragons stuff, whatever. But, like, images of Thor, you know, Norse yeah. Norse mythos stuff or Highlanders, uh, the whole warrior-barbarian thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And, of course, that's over the top. But, you know, when you're under the squat bar and you're picturing yourself, like you know protector of mankind with lightning bolts flying <laughs> off of you that you know you're going to do some damage you know so i, I like that sort of over the top almost mythical stuff too you know of course
1: absolutely so, i mean i have a i have a, a big picture on my pinned up on my fridge of batman standing on top of a tall building looking out over gotham as snow falls on him yeah. you know and it's just there's no action in the photo it's the potentiation of action Mm -hmm. in the photo. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're, it's like you're looking at a photo, like a muscle photograph and like a flex magazine or something like, like you're saying, Lonnie, some of the more iconic photographs in bodybuilding. Some of the best ones are the ones where they're not actually lifting. It's, it's the looking at them again, like you're admiring a very powerful car or something, right? You know, what sits there, you know, what is capable. And there's something very inspiring about that as well. Um,
2: so. Well, and that's uh, – I could geek out and get into my art background and stuff like that. But, I mean, pictures like that are it, – it, it's because it leaves the story open to the viewer. There you go. If, if you have somebody with a squat bar on their back and they're squatting, then you know what's happening. But if you, if you leave it open-ended like that, then it, it leaves some inspiration for you to open your mind and, and make your own story up and get excited about it. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's insightful. You're the man. You know what? That's that's the education. <laughs> you know, that, is, that, is, that is that
1: is a good insight. <sighs> um, but yeah, so I mean, people, people, and I and I think people need to, and that's why I've always also championed the whole idea of making sure that you know that the lifting element of your life or whatever is is separate from the other elements. In so, I mean, that kind of flies in the face of a lot of what we're talking about here. But in so much that, you know, people come, you know, they they stop at the gym. You know, five minutes down the road from having a a stressful eight hours sitting at a desk at the work, you know, and they don't give themselves that time to kind of like regroup and refocus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's also why I kind of always champion that as well, because you need time to kind of shore all your inspi- inspiring elements that you've kind of. And it's you have to look at it like a folder, you know, like all these all these images, music, movies, whatever it is that it you know, something that you saw, heard, you know, these are all things that you have to try and consciously remember and put into that folder so you can draw them when you want them, you know, yeah. um, I'm a big t- guy on like, you know, remembering things that, you know, great lifters or whatever have told me as I, everybody knows, cause I always recite them, but you know, or slogans. I know Lonnie, you like things like slogans and, you know, you know, uh, more kind of infamous quotes from movies and stuff like that like but you know but these things are great because sometimes you, know, you need
0: them right here's and, one let me give you one uh, this is very brief I, I saw one of those motivational pictures and you know sometimes they're silly uh but there's a ben ben franklin one and i always liked ben franklin the guy was a scientist he was a statesman i mean uh you can find fault with what he did with the uh ladies of ill repute and, and that kind of stuff maybe but Uh, There's a very famous quote, and I think for anybody who is of the entitlement generation, and I don't want to make this just an age thing, just entitled, period. You know, like sometimes Phil will bitch about everybody can't win first place, you know, Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. There's a a poster I'm looking at on my phone right now, one of these pictures, and his quote is, applause waits on success. I love it. You know what I mean? It's almost like an accountability or a merit kind of thing. Applause waits on success you don't get the applause until you succeed you know right i know that a, there's cool. another
1: quote that's very similar to that that i also like something about um, um oh i can't remember something about preparation and it, it, it's basically along the same lines of of you know like to, to succeed you have to prepare you know and if you're not prepared then
0: i think that might be a tom jefferson thomas jefferson quote maybe even those founding fathers were on the ball man those they were clever yeah yeah and you know speaking of statesmen ages ago i read that quote from teddy roosevelt the man in the arena do you remember Mm -hmm. that rob yeah uh or phil yeah Yeah. um here it is in front of me this is worth restating i actually stumbled across this um through ben hartman who we've had on the show before who's a natural bodybuilder And this is how it goes. It says, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and who comes up short and short again. But there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is probably my, yeah. one of my favorites of all time because I can't tell you how many areas in life do I see people toss out their critique of the man in the arena, you know, or the woman in the arena? Mm-hmm. There's thousands of people that do
2: that mm-hmm. and think about doing things. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to actually step up and try it. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah, that's definitely something. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of quotes out there, man. I, I like the, the the more funny ones by, like, John Paul, Sigmar, and uh, the whole mm. there's no point in being alive if you cannot deadlift, you know, simple thing. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, and you know, Mark Riptos had some golden ones over the years, and you know, like there are a few things gravening stone except squat or you're a pussy. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean but those more like they, they, I don't know if those inspire me more than they just make me laugh. So well, you see I the mean, truth in them. You know, you can see. Yeah,
0: it's over the top, but there's truth in them. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it's you know, and there's you know, great other lifters. I mean, that you can look at, and like Captain Kirk and his what was the one I, I got it here somewhere. I wouldn't tell somebody they weren't a powerlifter because they would only bench press or they only benched and deadlifted. But what the hell's wrong with squatting? Why are you afraid? I thought power lifters were supposed to be big, tough guys, you know. Strap on your cock, leave your pussy at home, and put a bar on your back and bend your knees. You oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, It's like, come on. Let's, let's... Yeah, those are gold. Oh, so, man. Yeah, That's you
1: know, funny. But, um, Yeah, and, for, you know, it, as long as people take them in the manner in which they're spoken, you know, um, you know, because that, that could either be offensive or it could be something, you know, again, where you're taking the inspiration from, from what, you know, the intent is of it. So, right, yeah, exactly.
2: I mean, those are all great examples of quit making excuses. Just do it. And, and you know, because everybody can make an excuse. I mean, I've, I've heard every excuse in the book and it's just all it takes is you just doing it. You know, if you want it bad enough, you'll do it. Um, yep. And not- you know, and and like I said, give your
1: give yourself an opportunity to again um, find those things that do inspire you, whether it be music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and again, shore those things up for you when you when you're going in. You know, don't just don't go in just cold, go in hot. You know, it's like that old military said "We're going in hot." You know, we go in there with intent to do something. You know, not just round yeah. the base, round the bases. Yeah. And, you know, talk for twenty minutes, to the front, and leave. Like yeah. You know, do it right or don't do it. Hey, yeah. I've
0: got an idea. Let's do a early summer contest. Let's start a thread and have people post images. Uh, we already did quotes, Well what about images or even snapshots out of a film? Stuff that's super heroic, super motivational. Uh, and then maybe we'll we'll pick some of our favorites and hand out some some prizes. You know, but yeah, that we're, sounds good. We're that's almost good. out of time, but let me ask you guys one thing because I know we could think of different ones. If you had to pick a film that's just a man film, and I don't want to be sexist, strong woman, you know what I mean. Again, go with the intent here. But, like, for me, if I had to pick just one, 13th Warrior. Oh, I love it. I strongly recommend it. People go watch it. 13th Warrior is actually a Michael Crichton uh, film, Uh, and he did Jurassic Park, and the guy was a, a physician, actually, uh, very bright guy, and obviously a very famous writer, but uh, that 13th Warrior is so good. I mean, there's quotes just from that movie. You know, like, Rob, I know you love the one where uh, yeah. An- Antonio Berderes, yeah. he says, I'm not strong enough to lift that sword. And the, the experienced guy, the blonde guy's a little bit older, he says, grow stronger.
1: It's yeah. just so matter of yeah. fact,
0: you know. You yeah, know,
1: I, I use that all the time, actually, yeah. It's like, if you're not strong well grow stronger.
0: But, like, in the end, you know, the guy, the leader of them, um, He's completely poisoned. He's on his deathbed. And he pulls his shit together, and he kills the main bad guy. And, I mean, this guy is turning eight shades of green and brown. You know, he is gone. He's literally crossing over. But he knows that if he stands strong, you know what I mean, stronger than the other leader, that even though he's on his deathbed, um, the statement that will echo across the battlefield you know, that this yeah. huge Viking man is stronger than death temporarily, you know, will. It's just an act of will. Lo, there do I see my father. Lo, there do I see my mother, mother and my sisters and my, sisters and my brothers. brothers. Lo, there do I see the line of my, my people back to the beginning. Lo, they do call to me. They bid me take my place among them. In the halls of Valhalla, where the brave may live
1: forever. And, and yeah, and I, I concur with that. For anybody out there who's not seen the Thirteenth Warrior, you, it, it's it's mandatory.
0: <laughs> it's mandatory. Mandatory Iron view. Radio viewing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any any of the. Can classes, you think of one? I mean,
1: I could I could pick. Them. The first Rocky, or mm-hmm. I mean, and again, I mean, it's it's kind of cliche, but yeah, and the
2: Rocky's cheesy, but it does work. I mean, it's well, the just, first the first
1: know. one especially, just because it's so gritty. Mm-hmm. You know, the sheen of the later ones. Yeah. I I love them all, but I mean, you know, certainly that that the the, the grittiness of the first one, and to a lesser
2: degree, the second. Well, the and it's still back in the day when movies were scored. They had a score. They had music made for the movie. That I don't know. There's something about those movies where it's classical music playing in the background when he's, you know, running through the fricking knee deep snow with a log on his back, you know, and stuff like right. that. It's a, uh, uh, it was amazing stuff, but
1: yeah. Or even movies to me, like Pred- predator, Mm-hmm. um, you know, there's some scenes in that movie that are heavily, again, it's like even the scene where they're kind of like all just mowing down <laughs> the jungle around them, um, to no avail as it turns out. But, you know, thing again, these, these, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, you know, for me, these huge shows of power and strength, you know, mm-hmm. um, again, it's, it might be, you know, just ridiculous machismo on my whatever, but I, you know, that kind of stuff is just amazing. And
0: it's not always. You're right, and it's not always like the commandos with the maximum body oh. count. I mean, I'll give you a man film, and I, I, I don't want to go off my whole list here, but Gran Torino. Is that going to motivate oh. me for the gym? Oh, no, oh, but, yeah. boy, you want less. You want a story of a man. Boy, mm-hmm. you watch Clint Eastwood in Gran yeah. Torino. Yeah. You know? It's a good show. Oh, yeah. Another one, that if
2: I had to pick one off my head right at this second, the first one that comes to my mind is Braveheart. Mm. You know, when you go watch just dirty farmers kill other people with stones to save their <laughs> land,
0: you know, that's yeah. just. Yeah. You know. No, that's a good one. That's a real good one. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we could probably maybe we'll do a whole episode on on films because there's some great scenes for some really great films. I mean, I like Last Samurai. I really like that film. I mean, these are films where people face death, you know, and you can see that it's one of those things where you can see that courage is not the lack of fear. It's the overcoming of that fear. You know, these guys are smart enough to actually realize that they're in mortal Peril that they are at mm-hmm. the end and they just stare it in the face, you know. It's yeah, really good stuff, mm-hmm. anyway. All right, boys, it was a good show, yeah. It was, and, and
1: as that, Lonnie said for that contest, um, you've heard what he said as far as you know, posting all these different types of things. Um, it could be anything, could be anything, could be a quote, picture, a song, whatever it is.
0: I've got and, some uh, great barbarian, um illustrations, paintings, and they are not all of men. So our women listeners, check it out. I've got some absolutely devastatingly brutal pictures of women, barbarians, and men. I'll share some of those. They are sweet. Anyway. All right, guys. Good show. Yeah, you too. Until next week. Hey, sports nutrition fans. Join us in beautiful Clearwater Beach, Florida, June 20 and 21, for the 11th annual ISSN Conference and Expo. You'll learn the latest, greatest sports nutrition from the best minds in the business. Some of our speakers include Juan Carlos Santana, Dr. Mark Tarnopolsky, Gina Lombardi, and many, many more. You'll learn about intermittent fasting, how to exercise to offset poor eating, and also nutritional strategies for maintaining or gaining muscle mass. But the best part is you'll get to rub elbows with the best scientists in the business. The ISSN, why would you go anywhere else? Go to www.theissn.org for more information. That's www.theissn.org for more info. See you there!
1: Fortress Fortney. And I'm here to tell you about some of the cool new stuff us guys at Iron Radio are bringing your way. Thanks to our loyal supporting members, we have enough cash flow to start migrating to Lipson, arguably the premier podcast host, and one that serves up some very high-end chosen tools. The change will start slowly with a little backup page that can be found right now on the Lipson website. This means our occasional server errors cannot keep the show out of your hands but as we move more and more content over to the new server it is going to allow us to do a couple of brand new things. First we're planning an iron radio app for iPhone and Android. Believe it. If you're not sure what RSS feeds are or how to describe in iTunes, apps are a very simple way to get our content either by downloading it or even streaming it through the app on a phone or tablet. Even better, You'll occasionally see a little E on an app link that means there's extra content you can access for that show. For example, we can add extended audio to a show, or even pics like wallpapers or sciency graphs that support what we're saying. The iPhone app even has a search feature. Want the show with Eddie Cohn right now? You'll be able to grab it quickly. Second, you'll see an improved media player on www.ironradio.org. You can download or listen easily right from the home page with no other windows or pop-ups necessary. Third, and maybe best, we'll be adding all new bonus content. Behind the scenes, special interviews, audio articles delivered from co-host personal libraries, on-site coverage, editorials, rants, bloopers, and more. The growth of the show and the new functionality does come with some cost. Starting in June, episodes older than a year. Fifty shows will become premium content. There are several reasons for this. For one, serving audio to our growing listenership through a big-boy system like Libsyn costs a bit more. Second, our RSS feed service called Feedburner has a limit, so this will keep us from having to drop early episodes one at a time as new ones come out. In fact, here's a tip. If you want all the old episodes at zero cost, download them before June 2014. We're telling you now because that's how we roll. So, how does premium content work? You pick up an inexpensive subscription at my.lipson.com, which gets you every Iron Radio episode plus new bonus content that no one else can hear. These subscriptions are very cheap, about two to eight dollars, and can be gotten monthly, yearly, etc. Put when you want. Further, if you're a current supporting member through PayPal, we appreciate your ongoing support. Free new content each week is possible because of your dedication. You help thousands of young lifters, or anyone, get news, education, and entertainment that they otherwise might not get. Simply email me through the ironradio.org homepage, and our web guru, Lonnie, will buy you a year's membership on My Lipson as an Iron Brother or Sister. Finally, let me reiterate. As we grow, we want to keep new episodes free forever while providing better services and content for the whole Iron Army. Thanks 50 times for your ongoing support.
0: Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, Please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So, for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your position. Also, seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.
2: How
1: We won again. This is good.